This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 12th of January. In your Squiz today, states clash on elimination versus suppression of COVID-19. Democrats move to impeach President Trump. Plans to lift the smoking age in Tasmania. And doing a Ben and Jerry's run for your very good dog. This is your Squiz today. As COVID clusters have hit states at different times, Claire, we've seen premiers and leaders implement a variety of measures to deal with them. And in return, we've seen other states and territories react with things like hard borders, permit systems, travel restrictions, etc. The merits of suppression or elimination strategies have been discussed before, but they're back in the spotlight now with WA Premier Mark McGowan urging New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian to do what they can to crush and kill the virus like other states have. Yeah, that's right. And yesterday what Mark McGowan said was that New South Wales should look outside itself, uh, look at crushing and killing the coronavirus. He said that the idea that you tick along with the virus and somehow that's a better model is wrong, that New South Wales should move to eliminate the virus. The official policy of our national cabinet, which of course includes those state premiers, is that there isn't an elimination strategy. It's to aggressively suppress the virus. That, of course, has a very different health approach if you're following that to the letter. To eliminate the virus really does call for hard lockdowns when cases of the coronavirus pop up. It also means really shutting down the economy. That's what Western Australia has done in protecting itself from states that have seen outbreaks. It's also, of course, what Victoria had to do when it had that second wave. But to suppress the virus means trying to deal with hotspots on a local basis, keep the broader economy ticking over, uh, but try and deal with things as locally as possible. So despite what the National Cabinet may have technically agreed on with that aggressive suppression strategy, state and territory leaders can do what they like. And that's where we see things like borders become a bit of a movable feast. And that's exactly right. We've got eight different jurisdictions in Australia and we've got eight different approaches. That's led to a lot of criticism, particularly from the business sector, about the lack of transparency and any kind of certainty about the way decisions are made that we seem to be sort of ricocheting off arbitrary decision making that doesn't give us a lot of guarantees about what might happen in the future. That's something that's in the spotlight with Victoria announcing a new permit system, Again, a bit of criticism around this morning about how that's going to work, but also about Queensland, uh, what they're going to do with their restrictions after it came out of a lockdown last night in Greater Brisbane and really across the country. We're not clear of this crisis yet. We're not going to be for some time, so we've just got to bear it out. I'll put a link in your episode notes to a good summary of where each state is currently at. Democrats continue to move forward in their efforts to kick President Trump out of the White House before he has to leave on the 20th. It's a two-pronged approach, really. One is pushing forward a vote for Vice President Mike Pence and the Cabinet to remove Trump under the 25th Amendment. And the other is, of course, impeachment. It's exactly right. What Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker in the US Congress, has done is to recall lawmakers to Washington, D.C. for a vote tomorrow that would put those arrangements in place if Pence doesn't move to use his constitutional authority, which isn't expected, then those 
impeachment proceedings will go ahead. And it's expected that on Wednesday, which is Thursday our time, a vote on impeachment would actually happen. How it goes after that with a vote in the Senate uh, after a trial is still up in the air. And where analysts are landing at the moment is that the likelihood of that two-thirds majority being achieved against Trump, whether it's soon or whether it's actually maybe some months into the future, is very dubious. And if it was some months into the future, there are others that have concerns that any impeachment proceedings could overshadow Biden's first 100 days in office. Meanwhile, First Lady Melania Trump has just released a statement condemning last week's violence, but backing her husband. In an update on that Sriwijaya airplane crash in Indonesia now, the black boxes have been found, Claire, but not yet retrieved. So still no certainty on what caused the crash just yet. That's right, but what authorities who are undertaking uh, that search are also looking for, of course, uh, bodies um, and also wreckage so that they can really try and put together what has happened there. It's a quick process. They want to do that really today because the more time that things stay in the water, uh, the more danger there is that things will be damaged and they won't get to the heart of what happened. Meanwhile, a second tragedy has hit Indonesia. Two landslides that were set off by heavy rainfall and unstable soil have killed at least 12 people on the island of Java. Over to South Australia and a huge grass fire in the southeastern part of the state burned through around 16,000 hectares before being brought under control yesterday. It took off very quickly there. There was dangerous conditions in that Lucendale area that's about 120 kilometres north of Mount Gambier in South Australia. The emergency level has been downgraded now just to a watch and act kind of level. But people uh, with difficult conditions, again, are expected to move pretty quickly if that fire does break some containment lines that they've established overnight. Difficult conditions also continue for those fighting the recent bushfires in Perth. The bushfires have been brought under control, but embers and hot and windy conditions are still causing concerns for firefighters. Over to a different type of smoke altogether, and Tasmania could become the first state in Australia to make the legal age for cigarettes 21, with plans to introduce a bill to Parliament this year. Tassie has the second highest rate of smoking in the country after the Northern Territory. It also has the highest rate of compliance when it comes to retailers checking the age of youngsters who are looking to buy cigarettes. And that's why campaigners say that Tasmania really is one of the best placed to put a plan that would see people under 21 restricted from buying cigarettes. Of course, people say that's difficult because, of course, our drinking age is 18. But I didn't know this. The US now has tobacco laws uh, where you have to be 21 to buy tobacco products, including cigarettes. That was passed in 2019. And that's a model, they say, that we really should be looking at because of the danger that smoking poses. Those laws are called the T21 laws. And in some areas, they saw up to a 47% reduction in high school use of tobacco. And here's one for your small talk today. If you're looking to spoil your doggo, Ben and Jerry's are releasing a range of doggy desserts. It's an opportunity, they say, to treat your dog 
just as you're treating yourself when you go and get a pint from the supermarket, (laughs) Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, Although analysts say uh, rather than an opportunity to spoil your dog, it seems like an opportunity for Ben and Jerry's uh, to take advantage of the booming (laughs) pet market. some money, yep. Yeah, lots of people, of course, have gone into uh, pet ownership over the recent year, but really it's a trend of the last few years of people spending more on their pets. You really wouldn't want to grab the wrong one out of the freezer when you're treating yourself. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think a pumpkin with cookies would really be my jam if I was looking for some ice cream. No way, chocolate fudge brownie all the way. And if you missed this on social media yesterday, Sex and the City is headed for a reboot. It'll be a 10-episode mini-series checking in on Carrie, Miranda and Charlotte in their 50s in New York. No, Samantha, though, Kim Cattrall is not joining the production. Shooting will begin in New York later this year. That's all from us today. Have a good one. If you're back at work, welcome back. Get that coffee into you. We'll be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.